welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. Hi, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on a Thursday morning. Not only this, thir- two weeks from kickoff. It's not just any Thursday. What would they call that, Check The pen? I I, I call it an anticlimactic statement by you, or a pre-climactic. I don't even know what. Well, I don't know, well now I, I'm not trying to work blue either way. Yeah. You're skipping past a major game played one week from today. In uh, fact, two. Yeah. Big games played with relevant national college football. Pitt was the Penguins preseason game. Backyard brawl counts. That's a ranked team. The Pitt Panthers are playing. <laughs> two USC QBs. Tangling on the other side of football America. We're one week away from Pitt and West Virginia. So that's college football, friend. That's a big deal. I know. We made it. What impact is Pitt versus West Virginia going to have on a national college football landscape in in December? Okay, well, what, what, I mean, listen, if we're, if, if we're going down that path, if we're going down that path, what this game matters besides any, it doesn't involve that. Alabama, well, what games matter besides the ones that Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson are playing? By the way, let me just say, this is the first time we're in the same room in, I don't know, a month, two months, I don't know what it is. We kind of said, hey, it's summer, do it from home, and already, uh, yelling at each other, it's great, from uh, arm's length, uh, and, and spaghetti, adjusting the volume, seriously, we are back, fellas. I got you, uh, what are you doing? I'm helping him trying to produce the podcast. Baby you over here stretched all over the place. I can't even introduce it. Baby Pedro Solomon's over here. Go ahead. We got, so we got Mark. Listen, I'm excited, but I shouldn't be too happy. Not a good day for Cowboys fans. No, we were playing last night. Tyron Smith, eight-time Pro Bowl offensive lineman, out several months. Could be a few months. Probably the year. Let's face it. He has an avulsion fracture. It's the same hamstring that kept him out in 2020. That O-line's already in trouble. They lose Lael Collins. They lost uh, Connor Williams to Miami. They're going to rotate Terrence Steele and Josh Ball. I'm trying to be positive. Oh, don't worry. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna focus on and review and preview the NFC, the entire NFC, uh, in a minute. Go ahead. Well, I was supposed to, you know, don't worry because you, know, you guys did draft Tyler Smith in the first round, who only held more than any other offensive lineman in college. We got another Ty Smith. We got another time. This one's so actually when it happened at first, I thought it was Tyler Smith mm-hmm. towards Hampshire, which is like a weird injury for an offensive lineman to get in the first place. Yeah. But it was like it, it went from a non-significant leg injury to oh no, he tore his hamstring. He's done for the season right. probably. And, and at this point, I just think you have to wonder if Tyron Smith was going to play football again. Well, he missed six games last year. I'm trying to be positive about it because he did miss almost half the season last year, and he missed, obviously, the whole season there, six and ten year, uh, two years ago. But Shaq is someone, you know, roots for a team with offensive line issues. This sucks. This sucks more than people want to admit. Well, first of all, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago that the the assumption that people continue to live off of is like, oh, the Dallas Cowboys have the best offensive line in the league, as though the last three years didn't exist. Um, I hear you, but it, it does raise, at the time of this recording, at least a fascinating philosophical fan question for you, mm. lover of alleged America's team, Cousin Sal. If you had the power to do it, you have Jair's ear, are you counseling him to go and get future Hall of Famer Fisher. Jason Peters? Oh, Peters. Yeah, I mean, do you want to long time ago? Well, Eric Fisher's another possibility. Yeah. I, uh, I'm locked in on Fisher. I'm reading about his whereabouts and where he's going to tr- drop off dry cleaning and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I imagine <laughs> he'll be signed. Um, 
I'd love to do it without Peters if we could. I know. It's less of a thing, though, now. NFC East teams trading with each other. Remember the Cowboys trading with the Eagles in the draft just to screw the Giants. The Giants, screw, you know, there's still that job. But there are, uh, I don't know, it seems friendlier than normal. Well, also, Jason Peters isn't going to solve your problems. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's great if he's out there, but he's not going to be out. I mean, he gets hurt every year as well. At this, you know, he's just old. Yeah. Well, we got, and Tyron Smith was 31. He's on the downside. I'm trying to convince myself this isn't as big a deal when it is a tremendous deal. And we'll get rid of um, just injury. Injury all through the last night we heard also with Chet Holmgren, right? Number two overall pick in the NBA draft. Out for the year. Sheck would you rather have a Liz Frank injury or an avulsion injury like uh, Tyron Smith? I, I think these are names of the new Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, avulsion sounds way worse, but I, we still have to get to the bottom of this this vixen, this this, uh, this chick, this Liz Frank. What happened to her in high school what? or college? That she has such an axe to grind with football players, she keeps yeah. taking them down. One after well, the other. She's a basketball she's, player. Yeah. She's wor- I know. Well, I mean, but yeah, she's, yeah. she's worse than uh, what's her name in the natural. You know, exacting right. revenge on all the highlights. Exactly. She just keeps taking yeah. out pro Speaking athletes. Of the natural. Yeah. I mean, I, I was taking a sharp left turn, but uh, since the last time that we've seen each other, we did. The, we did a what's your favorite jersey that you would that you would oh, have? Right, right, right. Yeah, so I actually have you all's favorite jersey. What? I bought it the day after that we uh, the day after we did it. But here's what? yours from the natural though. What? Are you giving us gifts? I'm you giving you. You went to the store and got the. I mean, well, I, I did. I'm, it's just, it's crap. This past you know, this is a nice I it off the internet. What I, in hell? A hops? I figured since I got Kenny Powers, well, how much is damage I go you now? I definitely worth three dollars. But I figured since you guys didn't come to my birthday party, oh, I would bring you gifts. Can we forget? Uh, by the way, it's not much of a gift when you're getting me a medium. I mean, look at me for God's sakes. Well, at the time, <laughs> I, at the time, I could have returned it, but I actually actually had two. I bought right. a medium and a large. You did? Well, I also wanted the Kenny Power. Oh, so I figured whichever well, one didn't fit you, I would wear the. You know what? This is incentive for me to lose uh, mass, so I think I'll, I'll do it. Thank you, Martin. That's great. Holy hell! Happy happy birthday, birthday to Martin. Us. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. All right. Well, Thanks, fella. I don't know how much a Chet Holmgren uh, jersey is, but by the way, points bet already paying off Oklahoma City under 25 and a half. Which is wild. Yes. That's wild to me. Like, yeah. I, I can't imagine. Why would they do that? Just publicity, I think. I don't know how many thousands that ends up being. I mean, That's fair. How many people bought that ticket anyway? But he's out for the year. That's a bummer. Um, what do we think? I mean, he didn't even get to Anthony Davis status. Like, we, we didn't even see him collapse on the court. He's just out. I mean, I, I, I don't want to, like, take a victory lap or anything like that, but it's, you know, he goes against NBA competition and then literally the first minute. What is it, these Pan Am games? Well, well, I wonder yeah. when someone would get hurt. Well, I mean, guys are going to play basketball in the summertime. So yeah. if a guy, like, getting hurt and losing his season at this moment, like, I don't have a problem with the idea that he was playing in the pro. No, I can't. It's just, this is the first time that he's played against guys in the NBA that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, it took – how long for him to get hurt? I'm not trying to say that, you know. But he's seven feet tall, he got a foot injury. That's gonna generally that's gonna stick with you for a long time, especially as you try to put on weight. Rough, bad. Foot, knee, anything above for those big guys. Sam Bowie, right. Yeah. Well there are any number of examples of that. I, I do I'm not saying you're saying this, Marty, but the reaction is like told y'all, told you this was gonna happen. Like you can't draft a tall guy. Like, well, I don't know if you heard, you kind of need tall guys in, in uh, 
pro basketball to succeed. He's so shitting, take your jersey back, Mark. He's shitting on your theory here. This is sad. Well, I'll try not to actively take. I mean, anybody who listens to Lemon Pepper Parlay or me anywhere would have known that I, you know, if only somebody could predict that Chet Holmgren wasn't going to hold up. All right. But I don't want to. I, this is not the moment in time I'm trying to take my victory lap. I want to do that three years from now. But Chad Holborn is doing something else with his life, uh, and I can go back and point. Everybody was like, but you told me he was Kevin Durant. Part of your victory lap could have been betting under 25 and a half wins for the uh, Thunder. You would have already been a winner. But, I, but also, glass half full. You look at Kevin Durant, and you think, like, well, there is a place for a string bean in, in today's NBA. Because otherwise, I, I would buy exactly that logic. Like, the game has now moved past lanes and cases. Who just who who, who uh, you know whose glands stretch him out accidentally to seven three and therefore you drop him into the league. Those guys used to have a place, but very rarely do they in the twenty first century, except for Kevin Durant. So I kind of get the I, but I'm with you ultimately. I counseled against taking Chester Holmgren myself. It's, it's just, to me, when people say that Kevin Durant can do it, it's like saying that Tom Brady's paving the way for 46-year-old quarterbacks. I hear you. It's like, no, nah, Tom Brady is one of one. Or, like, you know what I'm saying? He is the one of one. That, that's, that's why Kevin Durant is the top 12, 15 NBA player of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, no one, yeah, yeah, he can, he can hang. Yeah. All right. I'm done with basketball for a little bit. Me too. We're good. Let's go football. Two weeks from tonight, kickoff. What is it? Rams, Bills. I, uh, it's her. I'm not supposed to know this, but I know the Bills are favored on the road now. Pretty cool. Um, great. I mean, there are now 12 matchups out of the 16 that are intriguing in week one. You know, it's a oh, hell uh, yeah. between Baker and, and Cleveland and Russell Wilson and Denver, even the games that shouldn't count. You know, you got Minnesota Green Bay to kick things off. You got the Dolphins and Patriots. Maybe you can almost count one of them out in the wild card race after that, depending on how terrible one of them looked, maybe. And then you got the good games like this one and the Cowboys-Bucks. But let's talk about those Cowboys in the NFC East. Last episode, we went over all the AFC division winners. Um, I'm not taking can I, can I give you as you oh. jump in on those? I Just a couple that I've picked up since we had our conversation yeah. that I've landed on. First of all, in the AFC North, um, the exact division order that you can bet, yeah. I, I find appealing here. Ravens one, Bungles two, Stillers three, Bryant's four, pays out at plus 1,200 if you get that. Pretty good. That's nice, right? And then what is the – so, so there are some divisions, I hate to say it, yours might be one of them, where the top two are vastly better. The, the difference between – for instance, we're going to get to one with the NFC North. So I think Packers, Vikings, however you have it, I think the second-place team is three games better than the third-place team. So you could do that exactly mm. in the one, two. So if you want to do Bengals – Ravens, Ravens, Bengals, I think you get a plus number. I think you get a plus number for the one I just mentioned. You get a plus number also for Dallas, Philly. I'm going Dallas. Mm. Maybe this is a homer call. Plus 135. Philly's plus 170. Washington 5-1. Giants 7-1. I get it. This sucks. It's changed, Sal. There's a change. Oh, yeah. It? It's now it's getting it's tight. Afraid to look. Eagles are now plus 155. It's oh, like that. I, I listen. I've been saying the Eagles for the last fortnight. You should have gotten it. Go ahead, jump on. Plus tell, tell, tell me why. Tell me why the Eagles. Tell me on the Eagles. Well, they're loaded up as they typically are, and uh, but especially so this year at on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And now we're just coming off of talking about Tyron Smith and the um, you know the receding Dallas Cowboys offensive line. This is no time to Jordan Davis if he is. 
I, you know, I don't care about what happens in I the get month it. of August. They got all the Georgia rookie. But if that moose joins Fletcher Cox and company and is anything close to periodically dominant, they're they're going to destroy um, Washington and Dallas um, at, at the line of scrimmage, and then you know they they have a again a really deep offensive line too. I don't uh, uh, claim to be an expert about it, but those who are our pal. Jeff Schwartz among them. Yeah, they, they love that. It they goes That's the reason. That's the reason. They're at Detroit, then home against Minnesota. That's a Monday night game. Then at Washington, home against Jacksonville. Though they could have a two-game lead on Dallas, who has a tougher uh, road to begin with. Back-to-back division winners with Tampa and Cincinnati. Then at the Giants, home for Washington, whatever. So you might be looking at four and zero versus two and two, and people are going to freak out like they did when Trump was winning uh, election night. But let all the votes come in, and I think the Cowboys are going to be there. Um, you know, look, the, the Ty Smith thing is, is terrible. The offensive line is going to they're going to have to figure that out. Um, are they worse on paper than they were last year? Sure. Amari uh, Cooper's gone. That seems like a steal now for a fifth rounder. Now that crazy. So how much the, the landscape for wide receivers has changed. But C.D. Lamb's going to have to be the number one guy. I have hopes that Gallup's going to come back earlier than he than he would. We don't expect as much out of Zeke anymore. It's nice to know that, okay, this guy is going to be around 800, 850 yards if he doesn't get hurt. They got the one-two thing with Pollard going. I still think they're the better offense. And, and more than anything, I'm just not a believer in Jalen Hurts. I don't believe in my coach, for sure. McCarthy could lose the Cowboys a couple games. I don't believe in Sirianni either. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts is like, it's great. You could, you could surround them with the best mashed potatoes and the best – mac and cheese in the world, but it's still fried rabbit shit as the entree. Yeah, it's that bad. bad. I'm sorry. You, know, you did all of that, but you didn't mention the words about Elon's Dak Prescott. No, I didn't. No, so I, I don't know. I don't well, know. Maybe why? He's in play, as long as he's healthy, he's an MVP talk, at least for the first half of the season every year. I think he's the Cowboys started out hot. But. Hurts has 22 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. No. And when he runs the ball, he bangs up his ankle. Like, I don't know why everyone's so excited about him coming back. I know you surrounded him with nice pieces with AJ AJ Brown, but I don't know. Maybe he can only do so much. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Philly also. Yeah, I think Philly. They were a playoff team last year. Yeah. They're good up front. They added Jordan. They had the Dean and Davis, like we were talking about for the Dave's rookie of the year and my rookie of the year on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. I think both of those guys are going to ball out. And that was really interesting need for them. And then I think you had A.J. Brown to that offense. It out, it's going to allow Devontae Smith to start to go further outside and get out of the middle of the field. The Eagles didn't really throw the ball to the middle of the field last year. That's what A.J. Brown does. Uh-huh. Like He's going to take those tunnel screens, those little bubble screens, those little the slants, crosses, all of that, and just turn first the third downs into first downs. I see – and. If you look at the Eagles, the way they started out last year, they, they didn't start out that great, but got better as the season progressed. I don't know about Nick Sirianni as a head coach, but I think he's a pretty damn good play caller Like when it comes down to it. And I think they'll be able to scheme around what Jalen Hurts can't do. Uh-huh. And also, too, everybody loves him on that team. That's the other thing. Like I, I get that he's not the guy, but like I didn't think that Baker Mayfield was going to be the guy in Cleveland either. But Odell Beckham Jr. demands a trade or get whatever release or whatever the the, 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 the details were. Right. That was the thing I told him. Like, where are all the people defending Baker Mayfield? Right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you don't have nothing. No one's even talking about Jalen Hurts. And everybody comes out talking about this is our guy. Coach got a shirt on. And AJ Brown's wearing a hat going in the training camp. They all love. Him. 
So I don't. I, yeah, that's that's a good part of it. I mean, you don't want to hate your quarterback, but he's got he's got to step it up. I don't know. I just think it's a different category between Prescott and Hurts. And oh, it's a massive difference, and it's everything about the ongoing conversation that I love to point to all the time, which is the quarterback on his rookie deal and how you can flesh out the rest of the roster versus a superstar quarterback, and that really. To me, I don't think the Tommies or Giants are realistic players to win the division. So it's really, you're betting on Dak and a couple other, as it should be forever in, in Dallas, it should be all about the Stones. They are always a top-heavy team, you know. Yeah, and, just go, if this was an NBA matchup, right. you had it like, all right, uh, I still like what the Cowboys offer in the backfield over the Eagles. I still like C.D. Lamb over, you know, C.D. Lamb and Gallup when he's healthy over uh, A.J. Brown. And Smith. It's at least a push, and I like Prescott. And you have a top three, a guy who would appear to yeah. be a top, literally, it's not hyperbole, a top three, top five defender in the NFL in Michael Parsons sure, of course. going into year two. And by the way, they better dominate defensively because all of a sudden the Cowboys feel like, boy, the Eagles should be able to outscore him. You didn't even mention Dallas Goddard, too, is another pass catcher there. They're loaded up in the backfield. They've got thunder and lightning at wide receiver between uh, Devontae Smith and, and A.J. Brown. The commies are interesting. I think they've got to pull the trigger and go away from Carson Wentz. Everybody knows he ain't got the balls for it, right? You know, we just we know it at this point. What are we doing? We're going to move on from I that. I have them coming in last. So just to, so, so this is one of these divisions. I think there's two tiers, right? It's the top two, and then and then like so. I think you probably can make the case for every division except the North. I like with Cincinnati, and Baltimore at top, uh, in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. I really, it's tough with. AFC East, because, uh, you know, like I said, week one, we'll learn more about Patriots, Dolphins. Mm -hmm. uh, South, it's almost, it's very likely it's Tennessee and Indianapolis, right? And then the West is a mess, like, I mean, in a good way. Like, it really could be four to one. Uh, anyway, I mean, you have the Chiefs in fourth place, which is, uh, I want to yell at you for it, but it's not. But I have them at nine and eight. So this thing that it's great. Harry is, is uh, texting me, by the way, like, why is Sal getting on me? Why is Sal getting on me? I said, well, he's on me too. He said, I felt the same way. I'm against your Chargers, but I still have them making the playoffs. I just don't think anyone's running away with that division. I, I kind of feel this way too. I have the Cowboys at 10 wins. I have the Eagles at nine. I think, it, and sure, it could go the other two. So to your point, with the top two, any order, Dallas and Philly, first or second, is plus 110. Hmm. Pretty good. Uh, I like Spaghetti's Giants. Spaghetti, give us hmm. I have them at eight wins. I think the coaching, the culture has changed. I think it's good, and I'm banking on a healthy uh, Saquon this year and the receivers to get their shit together. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what I said the other day on, uh, against the Aussie, but I like, I think they're in the seven to nine win range. Uh, eight wins I'm okay with their schedule. It's just so easy, especially the middle part of the season, the top part of the grind, where like, five of the first six at home. Yeah, that's it. So you have like you have a bunch. Of, they have like the Seahawks, and the Texans, and the Jaguars. They have a bunch of easy teams. They have a bye in a great spot in the season, like pretty pretty much right in the middle of the season. So that's great there. Um, luckily, they avoided some major injuries to Kayvon Thibodeau. So I love the edge rushers. Uh, Wing Martindale, I believe uh, there was a coach just talking about him on McAfee, and he's like he came off the bus uh, blitzing nine guys. So it's going to put a lot of pressure on the DBs, but when it doesn't put pressure on the DBs, it will force maybe a turnover, it will get sacks, which is what they need. They need to get the ball back. Um, and I think with Saquon's not the focal point of the offense, he's going to thrive this year because the offense line is just that much better with Evan Neal, with Feliciano, and the rest of the guards they got in the interior. And I think a Kafka, Dave Loft is going to throw the ball a lot. They have good receiver depth. I mean, 
yes, Galladay hasn't lived up to the hype yet, and I know Stolen Shepard gets injured a lot, but they are back there healthy. Plus, you have Tony, plus, you have Wendell Robinson, plus, you have even Darius Slayton as like your fifth receiver. So, um, I'm not overly excited, but I think it's a step in the right direction. And I think uh, this is the first time Giants fan could be excited with Theo Gilman being gone because. Joe Shane has a brain, and Brian Gables proved it. Uh, no longer, you know, some special teams coach that's apart from the Belichick tree. Um, so I, I it's think an eight win sounds about right. It's a tough leap of faith, though, as I'm looking at it. The team went four and thirteen last year. You're asking them to double their win. That's exactly. Right. That's you always have to look at that margin. Like when people get over their skis about the about the Detroit Lions as a fringe by playoff team, like that. You know how massive a jump that is in win total from life that just doesn't happen. Like that, even though teams go from last to first and all of that, you still don't make that big. Yeah, but those eight of those 13 losses were by seven points or fewer. It's like, all right, well, maybe they're just this loser team that can't get their shit together. Well, Wink Martindale, Spaghetti is right. Look at his history. Look at what he's done in Baltimore. The sack totals get spread all over, so don't get crazy about betting Ojolari or Thibodeau or whoever else in in terms of that because the blitzing creates, you know, sacks for everybody out there. But that front seven... Uh, for the Giants is for real. I, I I do think Saquon is the focal point of the offense. As a matter of fact, though, to go against what Spaghetti just said, I think he's you know they'll they, they prorated the Giants with Kafka and Dable. They're gonna have like the six most passing attempts. It's just not a part of Dable's offense to run the ball a ton. The Bills didn't do it either. So I think when the, the pressure is off of him, I think he'll thrive more because he'll be a large part of the passing game too. That's what's great about Saquon is that he is never down back. The NFL is in this trend of like, okay, this guy's a first down running back, and the third down guy who can either pass pro and kind of back with the catch, well, he can do all three. Oh, so yeah, and in I fantasy have... terms, especially in PPR leagues, he's, it's, actually, I'm just talking about he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, whether it's by handoff or swing pass. I just remember watching Jamal Adams as a jet run down, push Saquon all the way into Daniel Jones's lap and force a fumble. Mm-hmm. And I just think, wow, it's been a long time since both of those guys were on the field doing yeah. anything at the highest level. Yeah. And what do we have him at 850? He and, he and Zeke have the same uh, rushing total, huh? 850 yards. Mark, do you have any, any thoughts on the bottom of this division? I don't like the commanders. I, to me, it's like which defense shows up. And already, um, you know, already they got – Chase Young. Chase Young's on the PUP, right? So that he misses four games. Like, that, if that 2020 defense shows up, of course they'll be competitive. But you ask think, Carson my biggest take, half wins. No. I think my biggest take as well, I had uh, uh, Sam Howell as the rookie quarterback go get the most wins. So yeah. I, that shows you how much I believe in Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. But I, my biggest, hottest NFC East take is I think that they're like Philly and then Dallas and then the, like, but there's a gap between Philly and Dallas in my opinion. Between first and second. Yeah, I think that you have like one at they have one and then maybe, you know, there's a size of gap between two and then you have three A and B. I'll say this, we figured this out on against the odds yesterday, and I know a lot of it is a product of scheduling, but the NFC East is supposed to, if you go by expected wins, is supposed to be better than the NFC West. If you add up the over hmm. under wins, it's thirty six to thirty four. In fact it might be like top two or three. Um Maybe the AFC North and obviously the AFC West is, is higher, but um, just wild. in terms of, isn't it weird that everyone's expecting one seven or eight games? I, I, I think the difference at the end of the season might be might be a two game difference between yeah. uh, Philly and Dallas. Well, they play on Christmas and they play a Sunday night game, so I like them to, I like the Eagles to get to at least eleven wins. As a matter wow! All right, so those are uh, all right. You two against me? That's fine. All of that. By the way, Sam Howell, twenty one years old, thirty seven college starts. Maybe take a look. That's a good deal, I think. We talked to yeah. we talked to scouts 
pre-draft who were all about Sam Howell. They said mm -hmm. it was a bad, you know, you could see it coming, in fact, a year ago that he had lost the runners and his pass catcher, mm -hmm. and, and people are still weirdly hip on UNC, and you could see, like, this probably is not going to be a good year for, yeah. for Sam Howell and that team. But nevertheless, I mean, he was up there among the names. Oh, yes, everyone will be desperate to get Sam Howell in the draft and, and went in the second round. He still may be the, the best of the group. Yeah, let's hope not though. Ken Pickett all the way. There you right go. One eight. Ken Pickett. All right, let's go. But I like that a lot. Let's go NFC North. They play the NFC East and the AFC East, so maybe a little bit of a break, maybe a, a win more for each team. Uh, the Packers ten and a half. The over is minus one sixty. So you need eleven. You got to pay a lot of juice to go over there. Uh, I'm taking them to win the division, but I don't think it's a landslide. I think this Vikings team is going to be tough. Mm -hmm. I think Darius Smith, that's a, that's a big uh, in-division in um, trade-off there. No, it wasn't a trade, but um, so I think both linebacking cores are going to be super solid. Um, I like the pack. Like before even talking about Aaron Rodgers, I really love this defense. You know, I like what they do. Amos and Savage are, are good uh, safeties. Smith, Devondre Campbell, they draft Quay Walker. Sean Gary's a blue chipper. So on that side of the ball, they're great. The biggest move might have been, we were talking about this yesterday, Devontae Adams obviously shipped off to the Raiders. Maybe it's a good trade getting Rich Basaccia for a set special teams coach. That special teams was freaking awful last year. Not just against the 49ers in the playoffs, but go back to their previous games. That could be just the fix that they need. I didn't realize the next uh, step. Then that been trade. Raider Rich was a coach of the special teams. Yeah, everybody. they brought him right back in. So they lost Nathaniel Hackett. He goes to Denver. Um, so, I don't know, uh, I, I still have uh, the Packers winning this with tw 12 wins, but the Vikings getting a playoff spot with 10 wins, Shaq, how do you see it? I did my best to try and conjure a path for the Vikings to get past the Packers. I failed in doing that. The Packers should be a 12-win team. They, 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 and based around the defense. Will you change your mind if the Vikings win by two touchdowns week one? I don't think I, I will. I'm going to stick with it. I, I, I think we talked about a year, maybe it was on minus three, but that week one, like we said about the, the Patriots and Dolphins, I think everybody is going to go wild and read a ton into it, but legitimately, given that it's in Minnesota and the questions about Rodgers and this receiving court and everything else, if they go into Minnesota and beat them, it's a wrap on the division. Because the Lions ain't going to catch them. And the, and the Bears certainly aren't. But I do think the Vikings are a playoff team. I think they're legit. You also have uh, Daniel Hunter on the other side. Mm -hmm. They shut the Vikings in terms of pass rush. He was out all last year pretty much. Hunter and Smith are injury prone. But that, that's a duo if they if they stay intact. This is going to be a Well, they also, yeah, and they fixed up the secondary. Got younger, high pedigree, did the Vikes. Um, the Lions stuff, I don't buy. I, the point is, as you said, the defense for the Packers is the strength, even though you have the reigning MVP, right. and you have this power run game, and what should be, a, the question was the offensive line, but now the tackles are coming together and getting back into camp and all that. The Packers should roll to 13 wins and the number one seed. That's a good play. I also like in the AFC North, um, not as juicy a payout here. Um, the top two, but I, well, I go, I go Packers, um, Vikes, Lions, Bears. I don't really see even how it deviates from that plus four ten. If you want to roll the dice, Packers, on. yes, Packers, Vikes, Lions. We talk Bears. about that, and then even if you do Vikings, Packs, Lions, Bears. If you're, if you're, then that's what we discussed. Like if you're convinced that there's a uh, there's a big gap between 
second place and third place Lions. And if you think the Bears are going to be as bad as I do, I like them plus 850 to have the worst record. Because I think this is a rebuilding year, although you can't call it that in Chicago, uh, where they're going to be lucky to win three or four games. That, that I like uh, as a top four also. Mark, mm-hmm. the Vikings have enough? I think the Vikings win the division. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were, they were four and two in the division last year. And I like going, I like having a Kevin O'Connell move from the Rams to the Vikings with the idea that now Justin Jefferson is going to be moved all around. And I mean, well, like, if you think about it, it's kind of fascinating because the Packers did this with Devontae Adams when they had him. The Rams did with Cooper Cup now. And now the Vikings, now that Devontae Adams out of the division, are going to do it like with Justin Jefferson. But they're going to just move him around to wherever the best matchup is and just. Take advantage. Like, I think that we'll be talking about Justin Jefferson as one of the you know, best receivers in the I mean, obviously, he's one of the best receivers, but top receiver in the league at the end of the year when it all comes down to it because of the way they have schemed up offense, or the way that O'Connell has schemed up offenses in the past. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, look, that, that it all depends on staying healthy, right? Dalvin Cook has to stay healthy, and all these defenders uh, we talked about, check, stay healthy. Uh, spaghetti, you talked about with um, Jen Piacenti, even Adam Thielen, even though he's like 31 years old. When he plays, he'll have like 10 touchdowns in 12 games, right? So I like his over total yeah. in, uh, in touchdowns. Yeah, especially if Jefferson's able to run free, you brought Kevin O'Connell and how he fixed up Cooper Cup, and that's what they help, they're hoping for. I mean, season. they turned the guy who was a third-round pick into, like, the, the, yeah. the Super Bowl MVP, right. right? So, I mean, Justin Jefferson already was that guy, right? right? You know, so he's, he was the reason they could trade stuff on Diggs. Was, you know, trade stuff on Diggs? What? Oh, it's because you had him. Right. But uh, I, I, I'm a little concerned about Green Bay's offense. Defensively, I think they'll be fine, but I just feel like we've seen in years past when Aaron Rodgers didn't necessarily like what was going on. That he, he will change the play. He will do whatever he wants yeah. to do on the football field. And for in order to Green Bay, I think, to have the, the best version of their offensive self, they need to be able to run the ball. And they're going to have to run the ball more. I think they need to really be able to run, like, lean on those two guys back there. And, and they will. But I, They should I, be able to grind teams up. Right, there so, so, so I just, what happens when they run the ball first down to second and eight? They're running again, second down, now it's third and six. Oh, wait, I'm saying, and that happens three consecutive <laughs> drives, and now Aaron Rodgers well, is pissed off. I, like, is that how, I just don't I, see how I that's going like, I've been burned by the how is Aaron Rodgers going to pull it off thing a number of times. Back, back carry, like what, what offensive lineman has to be out for him to, remember when they went into, I think this is where the season kind of changed for Arizona. They were 10-2. and two. It was a Thursday night game. Green Bay went in there and just beat the shit out of him. You know, it's like, oh, because nothing really matters ultimately. If they have a lineman out or if he's unfamiliar with a, a receiver, he makes these guys very good. And I think as long as he has even a little time, he figures it out. That's why he's elite. And there's like three or four elite quarterbacks and not 10 or 12. Like, like people would want you to believe. So. You don't need to speculate on it either about what's going to happen. Look at the majority of Rodgers' career, although I guess Devontae Adams just kind of makes it kind of happen before Adams and then with Adams. But, you know, who was Rodgers' go-to guy pre-Devontae Adams? It was, I mean, like, it was a gaggle of fine but not Hall of Fame level receivers and James Jones, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson and beyond. I mean, he. Jordy Nelson was his favorite. Right. I mean, he, you know, he won the Super Bowl and put up the best numbers of his career in, in, in some ways, at least pre Devontae Adams. So I'm not concerned at all that, you know, he doesn't have the number one. It's the most, it's the single most 
overrated thing that you must have in the NFL is a clear-cut dominant number one receiver. There's no evidence in the 21st century that that's how you win Super Bowls is having that guy. And don't forget Robert Tonyan's back. I mean, he had a monster season, right? We had 15, uh, 13 touchdowns the year before, something like that, Spaghetti. I know he had two and 18 receptions, but he was uh, he was injured. But uh, he was a favorite target. Of, uh, so I think if you take those two and keep doing this, uh, it's minus 130 that in any order, Vikings, Packers. I do like the Lions a little bit. Uh, you know, if I have to go over under six and a half, I'll go over. Oh, hey. By the oh, way, Mark, this is good. I'm going to floor both you guys here. And I mentioned this on Against the Laws. Only four teams of, over the past 13 years of hard knocks have gone under their season win total. Hmm. So we're always like, oh, this is a loser team that everybody's latching onto. They're making a bigger deal. And I'm like, and in fact, only two finished with a worse record was- than they had the preceding. What was this? What was the cutoff? You said only two, only five. Thirteen seasons. years. Thirteen years. Yeah, and that includes the year where they had two. Well, right? I was about to say both of those teams were good. The Chargers and the Rams. All right. Well, they ended up being good that year. Yeah, yeah. So, but but went over their win total. So, you know. I'm enjoying Hard Knocks. I love the. Uh, but by the way, I love a, a juggler. I think jugglers should come back. I thought uh, that was a, a lousy reaction at first when Pimpleton was well, juggling. The, the thing I found fascinating, he said, you have to, essentially, he's like, you got to let me get warmed up. Don't yeah, do right. me after I do it three yeah, times. Exactly. He's like, once I, once I get it, and then and I thought it was hilarious how in the game, actually, or was it game or the joint practice, he had yeah. to drop three practices, mm-hmm. and then, then he started catching Can we manipulate footage, guys? You know that thing where the, like, the, the players just go nuts, whether it's uh, singing Billie mm-hmm. Jean or juggling, and they're going nuts. Can we like manipulate it so that like Martin is just making like a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something and then just open it up. That's how they react to everything. We won a preseason game. Like, who gives a crap? Will you guys keep your eye on the prize? I got to tell you, though, people have asked me if you had to give up music or sports, which would it be? I immediately say music. But the music helps so much because it's a meaningless, like you say, preseason game. It's the last play. They're going for a two-point conversion, and the music builds that drive. Right? It's like, holy shit! I really don't care about this, and I already forgot the result. So, uh, wow! No, no, you already know the result. Yeah, it's still exciting. Right. So, um, what else do I want to say? Uh, Stanley lost his voice. That was hilarious during the game. During the during that joint practice, and I I just (laughs) the Lions are going to be the worst team in the NFC. They're they're cutting this up. Like, they got handled by the Colts in this first one. I, I just don't see it. Like, I'm not here <laughs> talking about the scrimmage results. Or no, okay, so they get handled by the Colts in, 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 in a joint practice, and Deuce Stanley can't even talk afterwards. Like, they are so wound tight. I get the, 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 the assistants seem dull, and do what you want about Dan Campbell. But uh, it's fun for me. I don't know. Of course it's hard to watch. Everyone's No, I mean, I, I enjoy it. And Khalil Pimpton, by the way, won me several bets at Central Michigan. That dude was a, he was a yeah. dynamo. He was like 5'7", right. as fast as all can. But like, like I, 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 was, I was pushing back on Dave in week two, but now in week three, I'm all the way there. Like some of this stuff is like, when, when, when Hank Fraley is yelling at the guy, who has played like seven snaps of organized football, right? He's yeah. literally out there because he's 6'4", and he's humongous. The guy, the... Uh, he's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who yeah. So he's like, like, who are you cheating? Who are you cheating? Yeah, that's tough. What, what is the best response to a rhetorical God. question? I think God is. Right? Like, like, how do you respond to that? Because <laughs> no matter what you say, you're just getting yelled at more. Yeah, right. He didn't understand the question, so he said no one. Yeah. And the coach was like, no, you! 
I just and I did think it was funny that after the game in his post game press conference or post game to the team, he goes, "I don't care if it's Domino, Spades, Croquet, Chess, yeah. all of which matter just as much as that preseason football game did to the relevancy of the rest of your season." Right. Right. Like I'm here for like you know go out there and do a good job individually. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for Rodrigo running around, but the, let's not forget this guy was a is a undrafted rookie mm-hmm. who, uh, by no uncertain terms, starting is, is is about to be. Competing for a starting spot. Rodrigo, meatballs. I don't know if you know the state champ, two-time state champ, Oklahoma. Wrestled the... I had... It's so funny. I had a feeling that that guy... He must be a wrestler. He's one of those guys who I see from a distance. I watch him and I just think, like, that guy would hate me. You know, like... Rodrigo and I would not be friends. I thought that'd be like he would... And it wouldn't be like I would be the aggressor in making sure we're not friends. He would just hear me for like three minutes and just call me a nerd yeah and want to give me a wedgie or something like that argue. and i would hate him i can see I, that i think that's what they're trying to push across here what what's interesting most interesting to me about this hard knock series so far no golf they're not it's super weird yes. at all they're trying to make david blau a guy yeah I, i've been trying to think back and forth why he has it because once but at all, yeah. Yeah, there's no isolation interview off to this cop confessional. Like, what are they? The doing? most he's been in is when he told like Hutchinson's dad, he's like, "Yeah, you got a good son. I appreciate you having your yeah, kid. Yeah, right. You know, we're gonna use him a lot on defense." But like, I I thought maybe it was in part because a no everybody knows he's not gonna be like yeah. his job is tenuous at best to begin with. And he just was. They just talked him up as the Rams centerpiece of the focal offense. Like if you go back, if you go back and look at some of the way that Lee Schreiber was talking about these guys. It's like they're the, the huge parts of the team. Whereas he's you know, reading a script though. I'm not yeah, sure. But he got sent out. You know, like, he got sent. <laughs> Marty agrees. He, he wasn't I do. I do agree. I don't think he just got <laughs> there freelance. You know what I'm saying? Or just uh, just going out well, freestyle. Look, here's the thing with these schedules and these bad teams. You look at all the schedules and you're like, wow, they have a lot of winning winnable games. Like, yeah, they're in this position because they're a bad team. So can they win the games? Is the question. And seven of their last starting week ten, seven of the eight games are against non-playoff teams from 2021. I do think they win their winnable games, and I'll go over at seven to ten. The Bears, on the other hand, uh, last place, three and fourteen. Like I said, plus eight fifty if you want them to uh, have the worst record. I, it's exactly my bet. Worst record in the like two and fifteen. Yeah. yeah, I think they're good. The thing that it, that they share with the Texans, who are probably in better shape moving forward in terms of uh, some pedigree guys on the roster, is. You, how much can you invest in them? Like, yeah, I think Davis Mills, uh, you're sleeping. I think both teams are in a be good by, or better by 2023 mode. Right. Which means, like, even if you like the Bears, like, hey, Robert Quinn's good. Yeah, Robert Quinn may well get traded. Like, 15 years ago, there weren't such things as in-season trades or trades on the eve of the season. They now do exist in the NFL, so you should assume that if you like, hey, Texans might be all right, well, Laramie Tunsil's likely to get traded. Or there's a decent chance he will. So I would I would counsel you to bet the under on both those teams that have no incentive to win games in 2020. Uh, this is uh, and I feel bad for Justin Fields. He's taking a lot of shit, and I don't know he'll mature at the rate that they want him to. But um, he's got I think the worst ranked offensive line in the year mm-hmm. uh, uh, this year. Um, his wide receivers. It doesn't get worse than this. Mooney, 
Nikhil Harry was second on the depth chart. He's out like eight weeks now. Pringle from the Chiefs. And as Vellis Jones, a Tennessee receiver, who's 25 years old. They just drafted him. It's terrible. And then you got Montgomery, who is a, is a grinder, but sub 4.0 two of the last three years. It's because of this offensive line. I don't see how they score a lot. Like, I think it's going to be rough for them. Mark, you, you like them more than, like, five wins? No, I just, I don't like them more than five wins. I just think I think that if you bet the NFC North straight out, like, if you bet it, like, like – Green Bay, Vikings, Detroit, Chicago. Yeah. In week 16 or week 15, 14, you're going to be sitting there sick because the Lions and the Bears are going to be tied with the same record. They're going to be playing each other because they'll both have three wins or four wins or whatever. And they'll yeah. be having to play each other to determine who ends up winning the bet that you placed 12 weeks ago. Well, I'll say this. The Lions and this worked out from last week or didn't work out because they weren't looking to win. But they end at Green Bay. And Green Bay, it could be one of those scenarios where they don't need to win and sit everybody. It is. I, I, that's exactly what I'm looking at in the Week 18 yeah. games. Yeah. Are, they're like, they're largely walk over. Yeah, they're going to be brain. Like, oh, because I've done all the records for every team. And then in Week 18, you're like, well, obviously, good teams right. going to be bad team, But, like, don't ignore the fact that they're likely – yeah. in good shape and therefore playing their backup QB. Let's, uh, go ahead. The Bears stink, but I don't think that, I think that Justin Fields can figure, I'm not saying that he's going to figure it out to the point of the playoff team, but I believe in his talent. I think he's good. I, I like him a lot, but he's, they did him no favors of going in this year. Awful surrounding. Yes. Really bad. Uh, all right, let's take a break and then we'll do the uh, NFC South. Right, I feel bad going all chalk with the uh, NFC East and North, so I'll mix it up a little bit, but I actually believe in this. Well, Mark, I know, where you're going. Going, I know you're a Saints fan, and that's who I'm picking to win the NFC South. Um, the Bucks are a hefty minus 270 to take the division crown repeat. Uh, New Orleans, 3-1. to one, Carolina, 15-1. to one, And Atlanta at the basement, 30-1. to one. Who had a better offseason or a worse offseason as it is? New Orleans or Tampa? You could say, you know, they extend Jameis. Uh, it's looking good. They're getting Michael Thomas back, right? Uh, and now he's injured a little bit. Um, good news with uh, Alvin Kamara. He's not going to be suspended this year. Um, you know, uh, I would have liked to have heard a little more about Chris Olave right now at this point that he's you know, making great strides right. in training camp. And then you got Tampa. All right, obviously they extend Brady. That's helpful. They lose all kinds of offensive linemen. Jensen's out. He was a favorite. So. Um, I think the Saints have the edge in addition to the fact that they're 4-0 against Tom Brady's Bucks over the last two years. I'm right with you. I, I, you know, this is just this isn't one of those examples to me of how like Vegas sets numbers to get even money on both sides and not necessarily try to predict what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because this to me, like the the Buccaneers being minus two seventy and and, uh, and the Saints being plus three hundred, that's a wide gap to me. It should be much closer to me than like than the, like Dallas and Philly. Mm-hmm. Those types of odds I think would would be more accurate for, for this scenario. And I mean, head up, the Saints beat the Tom Brady Buccaneers and the James Winston Buccaneers for that matter. Prior to they generally handled them, and with Tom Brady, it's been noticeable. And Carolina and Atlanta, they're not even worth in the conversation, but. The best, well, the better offseason was by far New Orleans. Just if you just look at Tampa Bay, you, you said Brisson Brady, but you know, they had to, he retired first, then came back. Then the, the, like the turmoil between all of this and Tampa Bay, it just you, you know what it is? It's very, uh, it's very unpatriot like. 
where it's like I know that I'm Patriot like with the, the Brady Belichick era because obviously now all you hear about the Patriots is who's going to be their offensive regulation size footballs down in Tampa, right? Yeah. But to the idea that like nothing got out or it was just like everything was nothing was a big problem, everything was everything was good to go. Like mm-hmm. this team, this Buccaneers roster feels like it's full of problems. Like it, you know, before you, you the, uh, uh, the uh, Godwin coming back from injury, you. Lost all these offensive linemen. Brady doesn't like getting pressure up the middle. Like no quarterback does. And he's also 85 years old, so he can't get away from pressure up the middle. They're and probably going to have to get a lot of quick releases, Shaq, right? I know they added Russell Gage. They added Julio Jones. On paper, it looks like they could maybe make up for uh, a Godwin sitting out a little bit and Gronk being gone. But uh might have to be a different sort of offensive scheme. Yes. And, you know, the rolling debate for the last 15, 20 years is, is it more Brady or Belichick that created what uh, went on in Foxborough? The answer is both, and I think they have this in common this year. The Patriots have a real chance, if you go through their first month of games, of being 0-4. The Bucks, look at their two, especially if you're hip on your Cowboys, Sal. The Bucks could be 0-2 to start the season. Then, if you look at it, they, they should be just fine. I still eleven and a half is a lot though for them. I, I hear you, and when I had, but but once I sketched it all out, I had them at like thirteen, fourteen really? wins. Wow! And then I had to back off of that because Marty just said, practically speaking, you know, <laughs> they're they well, don't they're, their offensive linemen keep going down, they, and you know, to to this point, they you have them beat New Orleans twice. You haven't beaten. Uh, I have. I, I have them actually losing to your Steelers uh, in, in Pittsburgh. Decent chance of that. Um, the way you know the way things are tracking you know maybe he tends to figure it out though san francisco rams baltimore Uh, i know they don't lose all those kansas cities on there i can't get the way the buccaneers finish the season out of my head like yeah they the antonio brown strips off the field he's doing jumping jacks on the way out uh bruce arians smacked the player in the helmet in the middle of a playoff game and then they lost off a route that by all accounts is a route that is never supposed to be open, right? Like right. Cooper Cup so down the middle you of the field. You almost have to discount everything Cooper Cup did last year. But you know, it's just like, from all accounts, I'm sitting there talking to TV who's comes out about it, he's like, yeah, I know the wide receiver coach, Cooper Cup didn't expect that ball until he saw it was gonna be in his hand. Because right. that was like a defensive blown assignment. And it, it, Todd Bowles has been a head coach before. I hope it works out for him, but I just... Well, that's it, it, kind of, who knows, really, is the answer. People pretend that they do have some insight on this. But you're betting on Bowles and, and Dennis Allen. Those are major considerations. I agree. I think that those mini eras of, like, one team consistently handles another team. You know, I believe that the Chargers do as good a job as anybody against the Chiefs out uh and you push back on that, the Saints have the same thing going against the Bucks. It's almost inexplicable, yeah. but it's not Bruce Arians and it's not Sean Payton anymore, so does that trend sure. continue yeah. in the 2022? I don't know. I, I do go against, I, I get all the concerns, but ultimately you have to be some sort of crazy cynic at this point to bet against Brady. Of course. So I'll go Brady and company one, the Saints two, and I don't share the sentiment that a lot of people have, and there's reason to be down on Matt Rule, given some of his decision-making. I think the Panthers have a nice, a, a borderline nice roster. I think Baker Mayfield is a big upgrade from Darn last year, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. I think they're so, they, they are a seven to nine. Maybe. Yeah, I do too. I think that's a little low. Six and a half is their overall. I like the middle of the division. I think they can end up 
eight and nine. Um, I think I mean, if McCaffrey team, stays healthy, how about that? I also start? think that team is going to stink. Really? Yeah. So uh, under six and a half? I'd take the under six. And they half. lose Hassan Reddick. They lose Stefan Gilmore. Obviously, Cam Newton. Their offensive line was bad uh, last year, but they've got the NC State kid uh, who they love. Um, they say that real is like O-line porn. But uh, they could get off to a decent start. They open mm-hmm. versus Cleveland without Watson, at New Giants, New Orleans, and Arizona. So maybe somewhere in there. Name drop, Chris Long was on minus three a couple weeks what? ago, and he said it, and uh, and I support it. We, we as, as a people, as a society, are all in on the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. One, right? Oh, yeah. Right. And I think you have to put your money where your where your soul is too, right? We gotta we gotta even we gotta wager. I would have been more all in if it was Baker against Watson, right? But it's it's not. So no, but know. this is what they this, yeah. they they need to get their just desserts. I get it, but how much are we like? Fuck you, Jacoby Brissett. Well, Joel Batonio decides to announce like, yeah, hey, it's it's us against the world, the Browns against the world. We get booed no matter who we have. Yeah. Who do you think? You are the Cle- you're the Cleveland Browns, and people laugh when you run into the stadium for the most part. Mm. People always boot. Doesn't make a difference who's the quarterback. What, yeah. Who are you confusing yourself with, Joel? Is it better to be unnoticed or hated? Well, that's John Madison. Yeah, they, if they ain't boo, and I, and Reggie Jackson also said that too. If they aren't booing, they don't know who you are. Um, you want to get booed? Well, they, a lot of them don't know who Joel Batonio is either. Or John Madden. Who is that guy? Hey, fat guy! I don't like the decisions of your organization! Uh, And then there's Atlanta, who's just uninspiring to me, and I've lost so much money betting him over the years. And betting against him, so I don't know what to do. Uh, I think we're a little bit overexcited about Marcus Mariota being the starting quarterback. I think people have gone a little bit nuts there, right? And I'd, I'd like to see Desmond Ritter in there at some point. I mean, they lose Russell Gage, they lose Hayden Hurst. Um, Dante Fowler goes to the Cowboys and trying to figure out Josh Rosen, no big deal. Only 18 sacks last year. People are getting excited about this Pitts preseason touchdown, but I don't see a lot of scoring for this Falcons team. I am slightly over 5-12, and 12, but whatever. That's kind of how I see. I think that Atlanta and Carolina will both be arguing over with each other between who's going to have five and who's going to have six wins. Yeah. Oh, I I'd like I like a little side bet on that Ooh. between you and me. I, I think the Panthers are three dollars, much better. <laughs> I'll I'll go up as much as six U.S. dollars. I don't know, Dave. You're not a, you strike me as somebody who uh, you don't show up to your commitments. Whoa! What the hell that's supposed to mean? It's a forever because I didn't show up to your I did, party. I did have to especially invite you to my birthday party, and then you don't even tell me you're not going to make it. So I don't know. That, that was bad form, by the way. That was bad form. You still owe me three dollars. I realized the other day I never RSVP that I wasn't coming. I thought it was assumed. So I'm sorry. I, I didnn't clarify that I wasn't. See, I should have just assumed. I don't know. I got I got lost in the watch. I thought it was at 10 p.m. on Saturday night. No, you're right. No, that, that that's fair. I deserve I deserve Give your jersey back. Give your jersey back. No, 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 back. I can't even just turn it. It's been over 30 days. That's I just, uh, wow, 30 days in a long for this thing. I've, I've had it for like two, three hey, months. But you did come in the studio. I saw it. We have a board where we outline our various uh, podcasts on what the week is going to look like. And it was a really nice uh, girly handwriting, pretty colors. There was like a, a, a monkey drawn on the side. And like Martin's like, yeah, my girl and I were here. Oh, like, yeah. What was this? <laughs> I actually did think about coming by here one day. 
because I wanted to get well, What are you talking about? Was it? No, that wasn't me. I walked in, that was all meatballs. Oh, really? Oh, I thought you said. I thought you were, you were setting me up for a joke. No, 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 I thought you, I didn't know you were being serious. No, I was like, no, oh, I was in there with this girl. No, that's meatballs. Was that that was the girl. He decided to sneak Wait, in. Mikey Meatballs tried to impress a potential lover by bringing her to the to the office? I think we're Is that true? true? Jules got off the couch and Martin had sex on his uh, girl. Um, yeah. Is that true? Yeah, my <laughs> I promise you, it was not. I had the last time I was in here was the last time we all sat in here recording. Uh, there was meatballs all the way. You pamster in our recording studio. <laughs> you <laughs> defiled our, our cathedral. We're, we're getting kidding. like seven different stories here. Alright, I like it. I Where's like the security camera? <laughs> Let's do What's on your cell phone, meatballs? Why can't you with your busy Texting somebody. I don't know what you're doing. Texting her. We're talk they're talking about what we did, the unholy things we did to this office. He's putting together the board. Hey, man, don't doing? listen to this one. Don't listen to this one. Don't listen to this. By the way. <laughs> hey, it's meatballs. Remember I brought you to the, to the office space the other day. Don't listen to... This was supposed to be Martin's thing. This is really turned around. I was about to, I, I had no I idea. I thought it was her. It was about two... Um, oh, no, no, no. It was not. That was all. That was... It was in here when I got here. I was the first person here besides him. Yeah. I got here at 942 and walked out the door. That's why it's tricky. And I saw it. I was like, that's hey, why it's tricky. Okay. Yeah, what's that? Maybe you're 842 with your girl. That's what, I don't know. All right. We'll figure it out. Let's do the West. Um, not as strong as it's been in years past. Like this time last year, we were looking at all four would have to go over 10 wins to hit their over, or 10 wins are over. But I think like Seattle was nine and a half, but that's still high considering what they end up doing. Actually, they end up seven and 10. Not too bad for that team without Russell Wilson last year. But this year, I will say, I don't think, I don't think this is a top three division. I really don't. I think it's Rams and the 49ers have an outside shot at making the playoffs. I hate wow. that. I hate what happened to Arizona in the off season. You're making, you're, you're making assumptions, friend. I am? Yeah. I have Arizona at eight, nine, I have Seattle at four and 13. I, I, I mean, they embarrassed Kyler Murray. Uh, and then they lose a bunch in free agency. Christian Kirk or whatever, Chandler Jones, Chase Edmonds, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Phillips, defensive end goes to Buffalo. They didn't really add anyone of note of free agency. The draft, they, they take a tight end. They already have Zach Ertz and Matt Williams, who's out now to start the season. But I really think this team screwed up. I know Cliff Kingsbury is going to screw me over. Uh, then you have the 49ers. Same kind of thing. Do you trust Shanahan, uh, who's 43 and 44? I think we have to make a decision. I think he's the coach that we love and hate more than anybody. And people change their mind about it every three weeks with him. But they draft another running back. They love drafting running backs. Sermon last year, Elijah Mitchell a couple years ago. They just make it work, they're running game. Obviously it's Trey Lance there and not Jimmy G. Um, they could have saved 17 million by cutting him. I guess they could still save that money. Is that what's gonna happen? They're gonna cut him in the next two weeks and then someone like the Browns can just pick him up? Or does it sound, I'm so screwed up with salaries, but I think the 49ers get it done and get 10 wins, but the Rams uh, 11 win the uh, division. I'm not sure who it benefits if they cut Jimmy G, you know, this close to the season. They, say, they save something for cutting, something substantial. They, they save some money, but, yeah. if, you know, if you're looking at, like, you're, as the NFL franchise, looking at the bottom line, I think those savings matter as they do to, to our personal checking accounts in the yeah. same way. Um, it makes sense to have Jimmy G, who, you know, is, you know, one to three plays away from getting to a second Super Bowl in three years. It's not a bad thing to have him on the roster. Um, 
maybe they want to do him a solid, may want to get something back for him, but you know, I, I don't know if a fifth round pick is valuable enough for them. But either way, the math that where it keeps falling apart is like, I don't know if Trey Lance is the real deal, say the cynics out there, and, and maybe they're right. But Kyle Shanahan consistently, whether it's Matt Ryan or Jimmy G, gets the best out of those guys. So why wouldn't that also be true for Trey Lance unless he is just an absolute bust of a guy? You know, unless he's terrible. And by the way, as long as he can turn around and hand off and make a couple of special plays a game with his legs, that could be enough to win the division with a defense that should be mighty. The Rams should regress. They are thin. They're top-heavy. They, they have some nice players, obviously. They're the they kind of always chance. are, though. They kind of always somehow have money to sign the best free agent uh, defensively that's available, and they did it again with Bobby Wagner. 10-7 like, for the Rams. Adam Robinson is this, is at least sure. as nice an ad, I think. They lose once. To the yeah, past Adam Robinson's great. Yeah, yeah. and, I, and the, the rumors are that OBJ is ultimately going to sign with the Rams, mm -hmm. and then it just seems overwhelming mm -hmm. offensively. I don't know. Don't love the stuff about uh, Stafford's arm issues in the preseason. Mm. Uh, I got them at uh, ten and seven. Like I say, I think the Niners can win as many as twelve games. I think they're going to win yeah. the division. The Cardinals should, you know, should fit neatly in the third place of only because the Seahawks are going to be a bum team this year. They're going to be real bad. Um, Maybe that's the thing. You can bet Cardinals for third place. Someone did this on against the odds, right? To, like exactly third place. I don't know. Who was I arguing with? You spaghetti or was it Hench? We were debating Niners or Cards, and I thought, like, back to me, it's the Niners easy. But yeah. some people are down with the Cards still. I don't, plus I don't like that. Plus 165. Plus 165. Look at their schedule, though. Their best chance to be relevant, it comes in the first half. Remember when they were, what were they? Were they 10 and 0, 11 and 0? 10 and 2. It was crazy how good they were at one yeah, point. Yeah, I think it was that Packers game. They have a chance to be not that deep into the season, but if you go through their schedule, the first like third or so of the season, they have a chance to look pretty good, but then they'll do the typical oh, Kingsbury regression. Chiefs at Raiders, Rams at Carolina, Philly. That's the start of the season? For Arizona, yeah. I'm talking about a different team than in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking about San Francisco. Chicago, Seattle, then. That's what <laughs> even more. That, cut that out, whoever did it. Yeah. Pretend that didn't happen. Yeah, see, even more proof the Niners are going to run the Rams, uh, Rams plus 125, 49ers plus 175, Arizona plus 350, Seattle 15. I think three playoffs in here in this division, mm -hmm. but San Francisco wins it. I think like you have the Rams in Arizona or Rams probably be your first wild card, Arizona be your third. Um, but I think the 49ers have my some outside of twenty twenty, where they only had six wins, have been in the NFC championship game competing for Super Bowls with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. They were so close. They were they so were, close to get there. They were right there. I think it was they, one for six his last seven uh, six passes. I mean, even then they had the ball on like, uh, the forty-five yard line, up three in the in the in a in a NFC Championship game, Listen, and they punted the ball away. Here, here's the thing: Cooper Cup had to be every bit of putting together the greatest season a, a receiver has ever put together for the Rams to get as far as they did. Right? They could have lost that game to the the Bucks. They could have lost to the Forty ers It was all Cooper Cup. So if you're asking that to happen, that's asking a lot for that to happen again, especially with Stafford's elbow, uh, uh, thumb, um, thumb or elbow? It's his elbow. I'm not concerned about yeah. his elbow. I mean, I guess he had that last year too, but I'm just it, saying it's, it's all broke right for the Rams last he's year. He's had that, like, like it's a weird, 
like it's kind of like a spring training pitcher's elbow type of thing with him. He's had that when he was in Detroit. I don't, it's he's I'm not expecting that to have any super impact on him this year, but it's more along the lines of the idea that they're so top heavy, um, or at least. They're top-heavy guys that we know. They pay a lot of money for the stars and the Rams. Yeah. But really, it goes back to the 49ers for me because if, if Shanahan has had success with damn near, I mean, he was winning games with guys like Nick Mullins, right, as, as in his career as a 49ers coach. I mean, and then the one time he had a guy who could play at quarterback, that, all that guy did was win the MVP. Mm-hmm. And, and really hasn't, didn't really look like that before and hasn't looked like it since, right, and Matt Ryan when Shanahan was there. If Trey Lance, at least Trey Lance can run around. He can move around. Now you got to play 11 on 11 football, and he can throw the ball deep. I like the way, like, it, they've invested so much in him that they're heavily incentivized to make him look great, to put him in position to succeed. And I think if they continue to do that, and they still have the Bosa brothers, or one of the Bosa brothers, like, that, that's a recipe for success. I mean, you, you get into that fa- fantasy uh, football mindset but the same as you can say with the rams if obj joins Allen robinson and cup the same thing like you go kittle and, and, and you with the pat and debo and iu coming I mean, like you know that's a lot jesus of christ that should be a, a hard to stop offense it's a lot of dudes and plus and they always figure out the running game they're going to hit right. you in the mouth too you know like like you know odell beckham is going to get by you but you know how many people like are you know, levy pay. Yeah, Fred Warner is like a number, the top three college yeah. linebacker. Uh, Bosa's and the Armsteads, like you mentioned. And they got the corner so, from Kansas City, too. I think he's going to be a, a big addition. So Darius Ward. Yeah, I mean, look, they're all good. Look, defensively, not a lot of holes in the, the Rams, although, you know, they gave up that Sebastian Joseph, who's on your Chargers now. That's huge uh, for run stopping. So that's that's going to be interesting. And Whitworth uh, retired. So I'm trying to look at their differences here. You know, they, they lose their first two picks, the Rams. So they only had uh, the Wisconsin guard. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think uh, I think it's tough. I think they're both around 10 and 6 going into week 18. I have the Rams barely pulling it out. But I don't blame you guys for taking the better plus money uh, value there with plus. You think you might get the better roster, too. I, 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 I'm bullish enough on the Niners that I say take the uh, all-line uh, over 10 and a half. Wow. All right. You get, uh, as I say, 11 or 12 wins for that team. Nice. All right, so we did it, guys. We went over all eight divisions. It didn't take a lot out of us. No, not too bad. We learned Martin may not be having sex with his girlfriend in the studio. So that's Mikey important. Meatballs is. Yeah. That's crap. I mean, Martin's your co-worker, man. I'll have a talk to him. I don't expect that. What are you doing? What are you doing, Meatballs? Come on. <laughs> get it together. Let's do a play of the day. Yeah. out here. You know, your damn pirate check. I take, uh, what was it, Monday we did play of the day, and I took the Braves minus one and a half over the Pirates, and they went two to one, which sucks for me. Because now <laughs> they lose ground in the standings, the Mets do, and I can't even win the bet. And then what they beat the Pirates the next two games, like 35 to three or something? Oh Come on, yeah, so screw that. Uh, but people, I'm bouncing people back. People are very upset. Like, what was it? With the Pirates? <laughs> it's a perennial thing. Like, people get very cross. Like, I can't believe the Buccos stink this bad. Like, they've only stunk this bad for a decade. You got a guy who hits the ball very hard. 
<laughs> it's an out. It results in an out almost all the time. I know. Yeah. Hey, 122 miles an hour. Yeah. Hit a line. Who gives a good guy? I think exit velocity is probably my least favorite stat. It's such a new thing. It's uh, I, like when you sit down to negotiate a contract, is that even going to be, can you throw that at the other side? Well, it's just like, I, I, I think it's notable, but not noteworthy. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, he hit the ball really hard, but it ended up being a single. Yeah. Like, if you told me he hit the ball 600 feet, now I got a different story. If it took five minutes for the ball to get 600 feet, now we got an even bigger story. Right. You hit that slow. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's much more about the distance, in my opinion. I agree. That that, that next-gen stat stuff, like, hey, he achieved a speed of 19.8 miles per hour when he broke free of the second. Like... But does the distance even matter uh, aside from being cool? Like if you if you negotiate a contract, is a 350 foot home run is a, a less important than a 520? I can't imagine it does, but it, I know we're after the play of the day. It's my last annoying, stupid stat. Right. Because we're gonna see it. it's gonna proliferate our televisions on Mondays and Thursdays and Sundays as, as, as the season comes up. But when they put up that stupid win probability with like right. six minutes left, in the fourth quarter. I know you don't like that. It drives me insane. Because mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just taking a snapshot of the game at any moment in time. Like, it doesn't, but it doesn't, it has no bearing on what's actually well, going to happen. place with live odds, right? Oh, my God, do I, I, I can't take that. The, the, the obvious stats, like, hey, the team that scores first. Yeah. In any sport, like, one besides basketball. Like, you know, a team scores first in, in the NHL playoffs, so that, that team's like, yeah, it's only a 60-minute game. That team's in the lead. Of course, it would, it would but, make okay. sense that they would win more often than lose. But the easy pivot is to make it practical and see what are the live lines. How can I actually profit off of I love when teams are like, hey, they are 47 and 3 when they get to the eighth inning with yeah, the lead. Right. Like, yeah, yeah well, what's, so the, what's the bad version of that? If you have the lead late in the game, then you win. No, the, the, wor the worst is when uh, a team scores 38 or more points. Like a football game. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, or if the Lakers score 135 or more points, they're... Uh, hey, they have a 100-yard rush. Yeah. They win more often than... Oh, is that right? So, wait, when, so yeah. one of your star players having success leads to victory? Huh. Who would have guessed they have the lead at the end of the fourth quarter, they're undefeated. <laughs> That's so, stupid. Right. We're in a dangerous territory, fellas. We are? Yeah, man, because you can think about that it. meatballs is right next to that. Who knows what he's going to do? Uh, I love it. But I mean, you got that in play. And also, yeah, yeah, Amazon is investing heavily in Thursday Night Football. I saw oh. a report yesterday that said Apple TV Plus might get the NFL Sunday ticket. Oh. And all I have to say is I don't really mind. I'm a streamer in general, so I don't care about cutting the cord and so on and so forth. But we've been watching games on Fox and CBS and ESPN since games started. Do not try to reinvent the wheel like they did with the baseball rocket. Like then the baseball rockets they have like ground into double play probability right. instead of well instead of who is like what number is he in the batting order? Like don't I, try I, it done. Yeah. Don't, don't try different shit. Yeah. Football's already the most popular television show in history of television. I don't think they will. Just yeah. just 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 don't just don't just don't fuck with it. All right. Boy, you're mad at that. I don't even so, know. I only got a few things that I hang on to, man. What are you playing today? All right, my plan today. I'm going. I'm doing a baseball parlay. I'm going with uh, McKenzie, Tristan McKenzie, for the Cleveland Guardians. He's this big, he's super skinny. I forgot this is audio media. Yeah. He's super skinny. He's got super wild hair. He strikes everybody out. And I'm going with the Mets. 
<laughs> the Rockies are one and five in their last in New York. And I'm looking for something to parlay the Guardians with. I like it. Uh, these Mets, I mean, the game itself with the Grom against the Rockies, I wish he had pitched against the Yankees. That would have been uh, much better for uh, from the Mets and my bet and everything else. But the Grom, is he minus 410? Is that what I'm saying against the Rockies? I'm not even going to touch that. I'm not going to touch the Mets winning by three and a half runs or whatever would get me down to even because they don't score for this guy. How many times do we have to do it? So I am taking it. I've never seen this before. The Rockies under two runs. Two runs! That's what I expected. That's not adjusted. That's minus 106. Rockies under two runs. The Mets win 4-1, 4-0 lead for DeGrom. He exits in the seventh. Lugo gives up a run in the eighth. They win 4-1. I I like him 2-1. Because that's right. being optimistic to give the Metropolitans even two. Yeah, that's true. To, to, to Grand Throne. Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, the first Super Bowl. They're playing each other um, on Thursday night. The Chiefs, the Packers. Give me the Packers. Laying a point and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm bummed, kind of. Because I last time we came in, I said Jets. What was it? They also were laying a... No, they, they were plus against one and a half. Think, against yeah. Whatever it was... I said, unless you're a Mike White lover, why would you possibly bet on a team that doesn't, that backup QB isn't even watching the game? Back, yeah. uh, but I think it's ultimately good because in same thing as in the Masters, you don't want to win the par three because then it rules you out. So I don't want to be undefeated in the preseason because then that might do my So you're going Packers. All right, Packers. so Packers, Rockies under two, Guardians, Mets. Parlay. Those are our plays of the day. You brought up the Chiefs. Len Dawson passes away. Ah, you know, I didn't know his first five years were primarily as a backup for oh, the Steelers yeah. and, and Browns. And then he joins Hank Stram's Chiefs. Seven-time All-Pro, 239 touchdown passes, which is pretty – it's outstanding considering they didn't throw the ball back then. They have 237, I think, with the Chiefs, and Mahomes is still chasing that. Isn't that weird? I don't think he gets it this year. It is funny as you try to make sense of uh, of the AFL. You will when you see those inflated numbers. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. In that era, it's usually the AFL, but that is not to diminish the greatness of Len Dawson, a humongous figure in pro football history. Because you know, as we say, started the first Super Bowl for the AFL and then wins the last AFL NFL Super Bowl, and how we would perceive. The AFL coming in and all of that. I mean, the name of victory is more significant, but that one by the Chiefs was also pretty significant too. But to me, my age, how I knew Lenny Dawson, you know, him and Nick Bonacani. He posted that picture. The transition from the Steelers dynasty. I could have fallen off as as a little kid. Like, well, my team isn't good anymore. I don't care as much about pro football. But my interest in it grew twofold, tenfold because of Inside the NFL of that of that era, those two guys yapping and just showing the highlights on that gorgeous film, the NFL film stuff with Sam Spence's score. Da 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 da. That Harry Callis telling you what happened. Now the Browns travel to Cincinnati for an important AFC Central game next week. Oh, it's just the best stuff. Nick Bonacotti, yeah, Len Dawson. I wonder if they did like that. Like for basketball highlights in the 60s and 70s, if, if basketball would be. Yeah, how did they know? No one worked for. They know. You know, I just wonder if that spiraling ball in yeah. slow mo, like coming all yeah. the way down into landing into Reggie Rucker's hands or whatever. Where Cal is telling you about. Yeah. It. I don't know if basketball. Like, 
I think it was established early on the Globetrotters whistling music was uh, conducive to basketball highlights. Like, yeah, this is great. This is fun. I don't, I don't know if we could pivot the to uh, do, do, do. Yeah, the classical music. So anyway, Len Dawson, uh, Super 70s, posted a funny picture of Len Dawson smoking at halftime of the Super Bowl. I guess it was Super Bowl Four, the one they beat the Vikings. Back when every no, that's Super Bowl one. Is it the first one? Mm -hmm. Not yes. really. So he's smoking. You think he was done with the cigarettes by four? <laughs> he had kicked the, the lung dart? No, he did a heater to um, get his head together after a rugged first half. The captain, yeah, the captain of the Riverboat Casino asked, what is the most iconic smoking picture in sports? Is it the Len Dawson halftime of the Super Bowl picture, even odds? Michael Jordan's cigar after the 3 p 3-1 to one odds. Dave Parker, the Cobra in the dugout. I know you're a fan of this one. Check. Eight to one. John Daly on the links. Could be any of a uh, hundred that we've seen. 20 to one. Or the field, even odds. Take it away, Shaq. Well, I don't want to get into a long wind up here, but sure. shout out to Arnie Palmer, burning nails as he's walking the, the 18th fairway of Masters, about to claim another victory. That's, that's an awesome sight. Jimmy Leland, burning nails. Um, did Marshawn Lynch light a joint off of a, uh, a blunt? Yeah. A blunt I don't know if he actually lit, but it was attempted, and he confirmed that he did try to light a blunt as out of the Al Davis torch. I don't think Ricky Williams ever did it out on the sidelines, but that would have been quite a sight. But yes, it is of course the Cobra Dave Parker mm. burning a hand roll, and so too is Grant Jackson right behind him. Important pitcher. I think he started Game Seven. Really. Fact. Might have started. Check that one, babyface Joe Buckos fan, before you switched over to the Yankees. I think Grant Jackson started Game 7 of the 79 World Series. But he was smoking just to stay away from the hard stuff, right, Dave Parker? I mean, he knew there were worse demons than just uh, Nixon. Why does it have to, have to be an either-or? Was he on the uh, team as Doc Ellis? No. Uh, the Cobra played, would have played with Doc Ellis. Yeah. Yeah. That was my ball. exposure to Pittsburgh Pirates baseball there prior to that's all. Meet and bang. Yeah. All right, Martin. I think you have the same one as, as I do. I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have a preamble because I have a few. Because again, the riverboat captain is a terrible mindset. I will. I wish I could oh. go play this casino all the time because to have John Daly at twenty to one and the field that even when you have. Joe Namath out there? Well, I mean, there's a thousand field options. That's why it's even. I mean, yeah. I get it, but I just said, like, you have, you have, you have Joe Namath out there. Well, I guess Len Dawson kind of erased his. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's a direct line between Joe Cool and Joe Namath smoking cigarettes. Uh, Interesting. All right. Then you have another Joe, Joe Burrow, his cigar uh, after the National Championship game. Yeah. And if you want to do the modern times. But the, uh, the most iconic smoking picture in sports was released 10 minutes before the 2016 NFL draft oh, on yes. Twitter. And Larry Tunsil yes. was snapped yeah. and with a gas mask bomb to which everybody who had ever used one or seen one knew exactly what it was. And I feel like a lot of people were confused initially, but then everybody soon figured out and she drafted. You knew what that was when you saw I'd never yeah, seen that before. I was a senior in college. Right? I'd never I seen the gas mask. It looked like a futuristic gas mask for someone who hadn't seen yeah. it. So if you were familiar with it, it's like whatever. But for people who were about the 75 year old men who were about to draft, I'm like, oh my God, what the hell is yeah, this? It, 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 yeah, it, it had the vibe of. Is he going to have to wear this on the field? Like all of Mel Hyper's yeah. producers were telling Mel what it was yeah. in the moment so he knew how to appropriately mm -hmm. react. Yeah. 
Well, uh, it swung the draft. It sure did. He went 16th instead of top 13. five. Did he go 13th, 13th instead of right? Exactly. He went. He went 13th instead of top five, uh, which I think the Ravens were. The Ravens took Ronnie Stanley right. instead, right? And there was exactly. another tackle I can't compliment me. Who went? So somebody another tackle went. He was Titans. supposed to be the first tackle on the board. Yeah. Two tackles went instead. He went and ended up in Miami. He's been traded around a few times. I don't feel bad. Like unlike all these other pictures that are fun. And by the way, this is mostly a video, but then it ended up being a picture. But whatever. We're, we're playing the captain's game here. I don't feel as bad because he eventually signed like a twenty million dollar deal. But mm -hmm. how much did he, do you lose going from five to thirteen? Pretty hefty sum. Certainly oh, yeah. more than he had ever seen before. Lot, lot of positive. Well, I feel like it's gotta be the worst kind of loss too, because it's a bag you know you're about to get. Yeah. But like you know you're getting it, right? It's just it, every pick it goes just slower, just slower and lower and lower and lower. It's yeah. like somebody just literally taking money out of your pocket. Right? I don't know if the Cowboys have the loot, but Tunsil would be a guy they're definitely calling about right now because the Texans exactly. are willing to deal with him. Yeah. Well, we we like cocaine addicts. Hot. Nah. Yeah, Marty. You know, makes a good point about uh, Doc Ellis. How many guys have, have done it tripping? You know, how many guys have played a professional true. sport That's while true. they're tripping? Babyface, real quick, it wouldn't have been Candelaria, Candelaria or Bibby and Bly Levin, I'm almost sure. So it would have either been Keeson or uh, or Grant Jackson. Who was it? I think it was Mazeroski hit it. Sure. I don't think he did the research. Oh, you didn't look it up. Yeah. Game seven starter, friend. I have it. Okay. But um, you guys left out Smoking Jay Cutler. Never oh, smoked. shit! Uh, what do you mean? Smoking Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler doesn't smoke. You're absolutely right. I completely forgot about it. I, he has the best memes. Like some somewhere like 10 years ago, yeah. they decided like when memes first started, I feel like, they were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put a cigarette in Jay Cutler's mouth. And if you Google Smoking Jay Cutler, they have pictures of him smoking. And it looks... The realest that it ever like it, really? it looks like he's actually smoking cigarettes, and it, it's it's hilarious. Well, that's fun. Smoking Jay right, Cutler. Listen, you're right. I want to sign off. I'm glad you're here. Confirms who the game seven pitcher was. I, I don't want you to do that. Though. That's exactly why I don't want you to Kevin Hedge, check it out. Tabashek Thursday. It'll be fun. That's coming up uh, against the odds. We're doing NFC South and West Division winners, over unders, miscellaneous props. Um, there you go. Oh, spaghetti. You're on today, right? You, Jen Piacenti, waiver wire. Four o'clock. Uh, yeah, we're on live, and I believe we have special guest actor James Roday. Who's nice. On, uh, side of a few other shows that show on NBC currently. So excited to get to that, and we will be doing mid to late run of wide receivers. You did a bunch of the uh, first and second tier wide receivers, yes. but there are so many. I mean, and uh, you are going to draft wide receivers. Whoever's listening to me in your draft, um, so definitely uh, take a listen. It was die. It was Jim Bibby after all. I can't believe it. Mike Bibby's uncle. It was Jim Bibby. Grant Jackson did pitch the game. All right, listen. I, I knew he was out there at some point. Everyone out there, enjoy week zero. Northwestern Nebraska in Dublin. Everybody says you got to go see a football game in Dublin. We got one of these years we have to do. I just love the fact they're sending these two teams combined six wins last year. Yeah. They really sent out the best and the brightest out. We had Alex Kirshner on Mind Street earlier in the week, and he is yet another to say, get the Baton Rouge. You, your life ain't the point. It seems like we really got to see. Honestly, it could be Arkansas, whatever. I think we'd uh, be treated to an experience we're not familiar with. All right, there you go. Minus three, uh, against all odds. Check out Waiver Wired, uh, Covenant Glory. If you like the soccer, the EPL is up in uh, 
I don't know what the hell's going on upside down right now. But uh, reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. Thanks for the jersey for your birthday, Mark. <laughs>